0: What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran. On the line, the Iceman himself in the dog pound. Josh Cohen, how
1: you doing? Doing great this week. Raptors just won another game, so feeling well. It's
0: a little bit tough. We should touch on the Raptors quickly before we start later. The banger in the paint, our residential medical expert, repping that McGill hoodie. Roshan Walia, how you feeling?
2: You know what? Uh, We're what, like a tenth of of the way through the season, so feeling pretty nice.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Okay, Raj, let me ask you a real question since you're repping McGill right now. Do you miss going to those uh, Toronto Raptor preseason games in Montreal? Don't lie. (laughs) If I had a
2: chance to go, I probably would miss it, but uh, you know (laughs) what? Eventually, I think more basketball is going to come, and I don't think Quebec will ever get a team, but
0: Hey, it's closer to Ottawa, so I'd be all for it. Hey, man. You guys keep turning out players like Chris Boucher and Lou Dort. You might. <laughs> Far from it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Quebecers uh, don't
1: support their teams anyway. Look at the Expos.
0: Yeah. yeah, but look at the Habs. Abitur, That's, That's hockey. Love.
1: That's different. Come on, man.
0: Yeah, it's, hockey's <laughs> different.
2: What about the Alouette? <laughs> How, like I, I, don't even know what you want me to say to that. Like, what is
1: know. an alouette, Peter?
2: I don't know, man.
0: Isn't there a song alouette, the Jacques alouette? That's the first thing I thought of too. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God.
0: Thank you, Raj, for finishing that. Oh, that was. I, 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 I literally was like alouette. Oh. I, I never made the connection after living like five years in Montreal. <laughs> Do we know what it means? No idea. Okay. Sure. Um, no. <laughs> should we should we address the elephant in the room? Pascal Siakam out for at least two weeks with a strained groin. They said abductor, but it's a groin injury. Let's be real. Um, I mean, Raj, you saw it, right? You saw his injury, how it happened. Two weeks. Yeah. Maybe three. Hoping that it's a strain, right? It can't be that bad.
2: Yeah, but like, uh, ask Kawhi that question, and uh, you might get a different answer. Um. But I think the Raps are just going to play super conservative. Obviously, Siakam's having a great start to the season. And uh, I think this might dampen a bit of his MVP push or MVP candidacy push. Um, But you know what? I I can see him being out for maybe 15 to 20 days and then kind of coming back slowly one or two games per week and seeing how it feels. Uh, The key thing with this is you want to avoid any further strain or tear. Um, and, uh, the Raptors have depth and they have, uh, some players that probably could use a bit more minutes and, uh, to show them what they got. So I don't think if you're the Raptors, you're necessarily worrying a lot about long-term health, but they just got to manage this properly.
1: Totally disagree. Um, (laughs) the the fact that you just said the Raptors will bring him along slowly is what worries me in the first place, because whenever, you know, players get get injured for the Raptors come back. They're immediately back into playing 35 to 40 minutes a game. You Look at Fred VanVleet tonight. He played like 37 minutes today. 35, what, 40, 50? 70. <laughs> a lot of minutes. 39, of minutes. goddammit. <laughs> 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 played a lot of minutes. I, yeah. I don't know what the hell you're doing there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, with the Raptors, this is going to be a blessing in disguise, I think, when it comes to Scotty Barnes. As he's going to be put into the role that everyone wants to push him into way early, in, you know, way too early in his career. and um, that he's going to be the number 1 or number 2 option on this team. And it'll be good for him later in the year um, just getting this experience now. Like he's going to go through some struggles obviously. He put up a decent line tonight, but he wasn't that good. Um, but you know, I think this will be good for him to actually get some reps as like the guy especially in the fourth quarter. And uh you know hopefully down the road when hopefully Pascal is healthy uh these two guys will mesh together well and they'll be able to work off each other.
0: So we're recording on Sunday night the Raptors just beat the Chicago Bulls. Uh what was it 113 to 104. Obviously DeMar coming back to Toronto is always very emotional. But uh Scotty Barnes Josh not not the best night plus 5. Gary Trent Jr. minus. Can you guess it? How bad was 13. how bad was Gary Trent Jr. tonight?
1: Plus
0: well, minus 13. What?
1: Thirteen. I said thirteen too. <laughs> uh, twenty-five. Oh, oh wow. wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> minus twenty-five in twenty-one minutes. Not Jeez. not great.
2: Yeah, yeah. But but hey, like in uh, all honesty, like the Raptors played not the best. Like they they <laughs> doubled Demar a lot that game. I watched the whole second half and. Um, there was a, a stretch in the game where they were giving up like four or five straight transition baskets. And I'm talking like runaway layups, um, easy passes. And like, that's just not all on one player individually. That's just bad team defense or bad effort getting back. But hey, they got the W against the team that might make the playoffs, so.
0: Well, I mean, when you're playing your top three guys I in... Scotty, OG, and Fred Van Vliet, 38, 39, and 40 minutes, respectively. I mean, you're bound to give up some transition buckets, right? That's crazy, man. Those are like playoff minutes for these guys already.
1: Scotty looks so gassed in the fourth quarter. Oh, my goodness. He's in great shape, too, but the fact that he was like that gassed worries you. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. I, I think it's more worrisome, this injury, not just on Pascal, but like you said, on like everyone else. Cause the top three are going to have the shoulder a bigger, a way bigger load. And you know, having Christian Coloco come in and give like 31 strong minutes tonight was obviously a blessing, but that's also going against a really weak Chicago front court, right? I don't expect Christian Coloco to give this type of performance nightly or even every other night. So Raptors, hopefully, hopefully Pascal is not too hurt and they can come back strong. Um, Let's move on. I want to talk about, guys, the best teams in the league right now. Obviously, we're like 10 games in. It's nothing crazy, but I still want to look at, you know, the top performers. And I think it's just natural that we start with the Milwaukee Bucks. 9-0. and Still have Giannis, the best player in the league. I I don't think there's any real contention there. They have the number one defense in the league. Offense, mid-tier. They're sitting at 16th. But this team's continuity is just making them flow, right? Drew Holiday is still one of the best perimeter defenders. Brooke Lopez still anchors that defense and, you know, is great at showing, is great at dropping back on defense. He basically does it all on defense. It's quite impressive and pretty much what Minnesota wishes Rudy Gobert could do for them. Obviously, is Giannis to help as well. And honestly, they're doing this all without probably their best half-court scorer in Chris Middleton. So, I mean, Josh, though, the Bucks are just flowing here. Bud's defense is working. He hasn't really had to make any adjustments that we've like, shat on him in the past for. The Bucks are just chilling right now at 9-0. Honestly, they can go like 15-0 and with the with their upcoming schedule pretty easily.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the Bucks are first in defense. They're first in rebounding. The one major, I mean, two major changes so far this year um, are the Bucs are crashing the glass more. They're fifth in offensive rebounding. And then on defense, they're not giving up as many threes, which I mean, they're obviously known for um, giving up threes to guys who don't shoot a lot of threes. Like that's their whole defensive game plan really, or has been the last couple of years. But now they're playing quicker players, especially on the perimeter, having Javon Carter in the starting lineup. And uh, they're being, you know, they're able to close out more and they're not playing as many bad defensive players together because they don't really have too many of them. Right. And then obviously you have Giannis, who just covers up for everything. So I mean, so far they've been absolutely dominant. Obviously, they're by far first in defense, like I mentioned. Offensively, they got a you know a little bit of ways to go. I think. Um, I think they're not in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. They are 14th right now, so that's decent. Um, but once they get Middleton back, things might get even better at that point, right? Like they're doing without Middleton, which is the most impressive part.
2: Yeah, arguably Middleton, their second. Well, not arguably, their second best consistent offensive player and he's pretty efficient and helps kind of give them multiple levels of scoring. Uh, I think the major thing is having Brooke Lopez back for the entirety of the season. Now they can kind of go back to their, their drop defense. And even though they're not letting up as many open threes, um, I think they have a system. They have the continuity. They have a, a coach who's won an NBA championship. Um, they're going to be one of the top teams in the east of course barring any major injury to Giannis and uh, they're going to be a scary team in the playoffs because they know how to win they play a really good style and they play defense and um surprisingly they're getting something from Serge's back I don't know if he got a back transplant if that even medically exists um but uh in all honesty um Hey, you know what? I, I think they will make one more trade at the deadline or try to acquire one more piece because uh, I think their bench is not as established and they probably just need one more scorer or kind of a guy who can create his own shot.
0: You don't think uh, Wes Matthews or George Hill is reliable anymore to create his own shot? No, I don't think so. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it's true. Truth I mean, be told. In the yeah. past, they they pretty much just relied on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday in the playoffs. Well, obviously, and Giannis, but like, it was basically the top three. That's why they struggled so hard in the playoffs last year against Boston. Right? Was a it, it was Boston? I'm not I'm not mistaken here. Yeah, they lost to Boston. Yeah, uh, that's pro- that's why they struggled so hard. It's because they didn't have Middleton to really set anything up, and obviously, the playoffs are a lot slower. You know, you gotta rely on half court offense more. So, uh, it's essentially all they can really improve on with this roster right now. Assume, you know, assuming health stays consistent. Uh, I mean, having the best player in the world on your team tends to really help. And the guy just seems to be getting better every day. Maybe not every day, every year. Let's give Giannis improvement every year. Apparently he, uh yeah, he has this weird, like, f- like turning mid-range jumper now that... uh You know, we saw glimpses of it in the past, but it seems like a consistent part of his repertoire now. And if you have, like, obviously not an an MJ-caliber turnaround jumper, but, you know, that type of shot in your repertoire, and you're, like, seven feet tall? My God, what is the rest of the league supposed to do? I think he's just afraid of
2: uh, um, the new uh, prodigy coming and stealing his thunder, Victor. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm looking He's, forward to that matchup the, for the first time next year. Giannis is going to put him through the rim.
2: Yeah, yeah. through that. But uh, it'll be funny to see Victor try to pull him out into uh onto the three-point line and treat him like
0: uh a Chris Paul on him and uh try to get make him dance. Ooh. It'll be fun to watch. you Victor uh Yeah, you guys saw that that clip of Victor taking that like pull-up three from the from the wing, right? off of one oh, leg yeah. shoving his knee out there like he looked like he was going to try to knee the defender in the, like right in the crotch as he was doing it as if the defender was going to block him <laughs> like yeah but also like I don't know weird what a weird move to to pull in a real game I guess he's playing in like a French league but still you know
1: what a strange thing to do I think he heard the KD comparisons so he took a KD type of shot there
0: I mean I don't blame him when you try to do replicate everything KD does? Don't you try to replicate Josh. everything KD does, Josh? Isn't that your jo- game style? Oh,
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Because KD's definitely gone down the right path the last couple of years. Absolutely.
0: Oh, oh. oh. oh shut up,
2: Josh. You'd love to replicate KD's game. What kind of shit? This guy's That's trying to Game-wise, sure. Shame. Everything else,
1: not so much.
2: Oh, my God. He's trying to shame KD. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird angle, man. Yeah.
0: What a strange field to
2: die on. I know this is completely not on the rundown, but I know last week we are debating whether we are going to talk about the Nets. Well, we don't need to talk about them, but I told you there's going to be something to talk about at some point this season, whether it's firing Steve Nash earlier that week,
1: yeah. and then the
2: whole Kyrie controversy. Two things. That could have been a whole NBA season for the
0: Orlando Magic worth of news. And it happened in like three days. You're right. You're right. I'm glad we didn't oh. talk about it last week. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yo Kyrie is <Be> useless. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's been covered everywhere, so I don't think we really need to address anything. But I have one thing to say that hasn't—I haven't heard much of. No one has talked about how Kyrie only apologized after it affected his money, right? Like, have you heard that anywhere? Has ESPN, The Athletic, has CBS Sports, any of these guys talked about how? As soon as the net said, we're going to suspend you without pay until further notice, Kyrie's like, oh, my bad, my bad. Goes straight to his Instagram to apologize through a caption. Cool yeah, man. but
2: I I think it's just the league being so player friendly that they didn't want to attack any player, whether it's Kyrie or KT. It's just like, protect the players at all costs yeah. and their image and their product, right? 100%. Um, so so it's, uh, it is what it is. Like... Kyrie's obviously somehow concerned about his money but then says and supports some outlandish stuff so <laughs> uh, actually on a very quick side note uh, actually I was working with someone who normally wears LeBron's to work and for some reason today I saw him at work and the first time I saw him wearing Kyrie's
0: Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. and then I
2: was like man that's not a good look and then uh even people who don't watch basketball, they're like, "I want to know what Kyrie's look like now,"
0: Ooh. and they came out of their
2: pod to see what he was wearing. So, Ooh. you is won't this... be catching me with with my basketball shoes on any uh, any place outside the court.
0: Ooh, what if this is all a grand marketing scheme,
1: huh? <laughs> Kyrie's thinking beyond just the basketball world. He's going to create his own brand now that Nike dropped him. <laughs> oh my God.
2: He's going to re- reunite with Kanye, like, oh uh, like Kyrie God. Dondas. Yeah. Yo,
1: yo, they can create the KKK brand. <laughs> oh, uh, oh. <laughs>
0: Kyrie and Kanye kicks, boy. Let's go.
1: <laughs> oh, man. People, be some, people love that.
2: Or, or it'll be some shit like the Kyrie Dondas or something. <laughs> or, like... Yeah, Kyrie
0: oh my god. <laughs> yo, Kyrie Kanye kicks is uh I'm in on this. I, yo, I can do marketing for that so easily, man. It brand itself. I don't need
1: to do anything. I don't more. know if you want to get involved with them right now.
0: Hey man, as as is being shown, both Kanye and Kyrie only care about their money. Once people start talking shit about their money, they stop, so uh at least they worry hey, about the right things.
1: As Michael Jordan said once, Republicans wear shoes too.
0: Yeah, lion. Alright, enough Kyrie talk, man. I've, ugh, I I hate that we have to give that any time of, you know, even of this. Even like a minute or two is just too much. So let's move on. The almost, almost undefeated Cleveland Cavaliers, guys. They are, let me see, let me pull this up real quick. 8 and one, second in defense, and 1st in offense. The first game of the season, they lose their starting all-star... Point guard, Darius Garland, to a wicked eye injury against the uh, the Toronto Raptors. And basically, you're throwing the offense all on to their new star, Donovan Mitchell. Who just took that thing by the reins and ran with it. Boy, Donovan Mitchell fit on this team seamlessly. And I have no other way to say it. He just took on that offense. It was perfect. He's trying on defense, which we could not say about his performance in Utah last year. It's it's going great in Cleveland right now. The only thing that might be of concern again, that three position. But Karis LeVert is playing it much better than any of us really anticipated. Evan Mobley has not taken the the big big step that we all like hoped for, but he's still like one of the best defenders in the league already in the second year. Jared Allen is Jared Allen. Their their bench is a little weak. You know, it's a little short, but. I mean, this team is flowing, and at eight and one, they lost their first game to Toronto by like, what? Three, four points. It was like it was a close game. They're like this close to being undefeated. Josh, how like how what's the ceiling for this team? Like, are we are we riding with this Cleveland team right now? Are we riding high?
1: I mean, there are scenarios where they get to the conference finals this year, for sure, and they have the potential to, you know, the potential to make a trade at the trade deadline to improve themselves, especially at the three position. But right now they're going by committee. And the biggest thing with Lavert, like he hasn't really been that good on offense besides that one game against Boston. I think he's shooting like, he has one of the weirdest shooting splits in the NBA so far this year. I think he's shooting something like 48% from three or something like that. And then like 22% from two, <laughs> which you just don't see from guys that take the ball off the dribble as much as he does, which is very weird. But one thing I will push back on, uh, the Cleveland bench so far this year is plus 250, first in the NBA. So uh, my they are getting it done this year. Yes, my they apologies to the done. Cleveland
0: bench. That's, that's totally my fault. Yo, Kevin but, Love's gang. Yeah, my bad. My bad, Caleb. Yeah, I
1: mean, Robin Lopez has missed a shot all year. Kevin Love, <laughs> every second game goes for 30. Chetty Osman's been all right. Dean Wade has been solid. Ricky Ruby hasn't played a game yet. Like This team is looking pretty good right now. they got four guys who, again, as I mentioned before the season started, they play a lot of games in the regular season. That's just, you know, it's a it's a way for them to win a lot of games in the regular season. Come postseason, are they going to have trouble scoring against certain teams? Maybe. But right now, they're looking good.
0: Hold on. Um, Karis LeVert, just to confirm, 45.5% from the three. Twenty-eight point three percent from two.
2: Oh my God! You might as well gone flip up. This. That's just weird. Because, like his game back in when he was on the Nets was such a mid-range. Well, I mean even mid-range. Like kind of in the paint, in and around, like within eighteen feet. Um. But yeah, no. Uh. Basketball's changed. In terms of the Cavs, there's two reasons or two things that I want to mention. Besides playing the Celtics, which were, again, impressive victories, no, like, I'm not taking any credit away from them. Um, They've also, the teams they have beat include, in the regular season, include Orlando, Washington, Detroit, and again, the Lakers. Um, They have like five or six easy victories, like, let's not get too carried away. Um, Obviously, they did have some pretty impressive wins against Boston, like I mentioned. Um, and, uh, they did beat Chicago, which again, is probably like a mid-level Eastern Conference team. So I'm not running away with the Cavs, but I, I actually see the Cavs having a lot of similarities to, uh, the early Raptors, Casey Raptors, um, where they have like very good guard play. They have some good front court players. They probably don't maximize their front court players and they're probably... One piece away from really challenging, and I kind of see uh D. Wade being like a DeRozan esque player, like, hey, great player, good stats. Donovan Mitchell, you mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He said Dean Wade for a second there. <laughs> yeah, I
2: was like, what? Dean Wade gets a shout-out here? No, no, no. I meant Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I, I probably misspoke, man. I'm I'm running on fumes right now. Um but yeah, like Donovan Mitchell, um, great player. Similar to, I would say, like DeRozan, is in most of his success has been in the regular season. He did have that one great playoff series uh, when they played the Nuggets. Um, but I think the question remains, is his game good enough to win deep in the playoffs? We'll see this year, but I can see them having a great regular season. And hey, for Cleveland, that's a big win. They have a lot of unity, but... I agree with Josh. I think they need to make a trade especially at that three position. Um they need to kind of strengthen up that and I think eventually they're going to need at least a little more balanced scoring um in terms of front court just being a little more productive offensively, but hey, it's working for them now so I don't think they need to change anything.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh you know Garland especially like he's going to be a top 5 point guard in the NBA or going to be considered that way very very soon if it's not already happening. He's, uh, what is going on? <laughs> that, was, that was very distracting. Um, yeah, I mean, Garland, uh, has been unbelievable in, uh, the couple games that he's played so far. His game is so smooth off the dribble and that kind of thing like translates to the playoffs because he can just take anybody off the dribble. And obviously his three point shot is just silky smooth defensively. He really tries hard, which is something that you can't really say about a lot of young guards in the NBA. Um, And as you mentioned, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, uh, you know, the fact they're trying hard and trying different stuff on defense, too, like they go to zone defenses every once in a while throughout the games, which um, leads me to believe that, uh, you know, their coach, Bickerstaff, um, is creative and he has really held this roster together the last couple of years and creating um, a culture, especially like United around defense, especially because they can basically like plug anybody in and it looks good.
0: Um, sorry. Uh, unrelated to their defense because this guy isn't very known for his defense. But shouts to Kevin Love, man. Shouts to Kevin Love. Uh, a couple of years ago, we thought he was like on his way out. Here he already had his big payday. He got the championship, and he, he was the last player remaining from that championship team, right?
1: I don't think yeah. Chetty was there.
0: Chetty
2: no. might have been
1: there. No. I don't think so.
2: But that, hey, that's hey, it, I, right? For, for first, let's not say we. Let's say you guys, you and Josh specifically, thought he was expired. I thought he had like always a a potential of a career in the NBA because he just puts up stats. Like he's not like a winning necessarily a winning player, but he, what? He, <laughs>
1: yeah, he won the championship. Blasphemous.
2: No, of of course, but like he doesn't do it without LeBron and Kyrie on his team. He like well, they wouldn't course. have
1: won if he didn't accept his role as a third guy. Yeah, exactly. I, and, and I'm he saying got to
0: stop on Steph. I'm just saying he stopped Steph. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's his championship and
2: not Kyrie's. Tell that to him. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think Kevin Love. I, I've, I, I don't know. I, I just never thought he was done. I think maybe he could have had a different role. He could have moved to a different team. But good on him for staying on a very young team for the last couple of years. Obviously, the pay didn't hurt. And uh, making it work, and um, he's now accepted coming off the bench. And hey, he's pretty good at it. So uh, he's prolonged his NBA career, and he might be up for another uh, nice little extension.
1: Yeah, I like that you're giving love to Kevin. It's solid, <laughs> no. I got
2: you. wow, so funny. You take that from your uh, big book <laughs> of NBA uh, witty remarks.
1: Absolutely. But I like what Cleveland has done with him honestly like the fact that they never go over 25 minutes with him is very smart and uh, you know it's really prolonged his not gonna say his career but that the fact that he's still effective out there at least sixty percent of the time
2: and also if he's not getting exploited against other starters it's he's usually playing against other second units or a combination of some second and first unit guys so they can kind of hide
0: some of his Lack of defensive skills. I mean, he's been in the league for 14 years. <laughs> like, I don't expect him to continue to be either uh, a star player, a starter, whatever Like, whatever you want to call it. He contributes in his own way. And he does pretty much exactly what you want a savvy veteran to do right now. Right? He's taking the young bays under his wing, i.e. Jared Allen and uh, Evan Mobley. He's teaching them how to be professionals. And, you know, all those old cliches. Just doing what old people do on t- NBA teams. I like it, man. Him and Robin Lopez. What a what a combination. This, this bench depth here.
1: Yeah. The only thing I'll say, though, in terms of negative points is they still have to figure out um, how to get Evan Mobley more involved in the offense. Because with the way that they play, especially in today's NBA, with him playing the four, sort of like, you know, Cat right now, playing the four in Minnesota. When he's playing the four with Rudy Gobert at center, um, he's out in the perimeter a lot. He's not getting the ball where he can really be effective against either slower guys or posting up uh, smaller guys uh, because there's a you know big in the paint. So they got to figure out that piece and then maybe just having Mobley um, be like the small ball center in a lot of these lineups and just spacing out around him. They got to figure out that, um, that side of things because he's not shooting enough.
0: Yeah, but... You know, as a team, you you sort of want to focus on the defense first, right? I find that a lot of coaches tend to you know zero in on defense, making sure everyone's aligned on that side of the ball, and then the offense either figures itself out because basketball you can sort of have one or two guys take over in a sense on offense or just just run the ball, you know.
1: Yeah, but come playoff time, they're gonna have to figure that part out because you know if one of these guys has a bad game. You're going to have to find offense from somewhere. So if he's not being developed along the way, is he going to be an option in the playoffs with the way they play right now? I don't know. It might take a couple of years. Karras. <laughs> if he's still on the team. Yeah,
0: Karras is going to be
1: better. there, man. It's last on. year. This is his last year? Yeah, I think it's his last year in his contract, mm. yeah.
0: It could be a trade piece. True, true. Let's yeah. get Jake Crowder on this team. Bring them back to yeah, Cleveland. let's do it. Jay Crowder, winning player,
2: Josh. Let's get Josh a Jerry Crowder jersey for Christmas. Oh,
1: God. I mean, if they get Jay Crowder, maybe they go to the finals, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. now
2: you're finally getting the pattern, Josh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Habitual
0: finals, but not uh, champion Jay Crowder.
1: Uh, you know the player I really want to see in this team just quickly? I think that the player that makes the most sense for them, honestly, is Harrison Barnes. Oh, I love that.
0: Love that. Yeah, I mean, like, nice. I like Sacramento
1: that. needs to play Keegan Murray more yeah. and just play him in the role that Harrison Barnes was once in. And uh, he's going into one of his – maybe his last year in his contract too, right? So, And they can put together the money if they really wanted to for him. Yeah,
0: Love that. I, I really enjoyed that. That's a good call, Josh. That's a very good one, Josh. Your best one yet. Aw. Thank you. Uh, let's move on. Let's go back to Jay Crowder's current employer, guys. Let's go west to the Phoenix Suns, seven and two. Raj, you and I uh, didn't expect the Suns to do this well at initially, did we? But third in the third in defense, third in offense. They're playing well despite Aiton's injury and Aiton apparently not talking to Monty Williams coming into training camp, which is all sorts of weird. Chris Paul showing his age, but. Apparently it doesn't matter because this team is flowing. Uh, I really want to ask you guys, you know, they have continuity, they have veteran experience, whatever, Booker is still one of the best scorers in the league. What are they going to do about this uh, Cam Johnson injury who's apparently torn his meniscus or something close to a meniscus injury, right? Uh, He had surgery today for it. Obviously not the ideal situation for this team. But Raj, do you... How do you fill in that role, basically, right? Like, do you just play Tory Craig more, who Monty Williams hasn't really been fond of over the past couple of years? Like, they bring him back, but Tory Craig doesn't really get the, those kind of minutes. It was like kind of starter minutes for a reason, you know?
2: Yeah, I guess the other option, and again, you can laugh at it, is playing Josh Okogie. So I, I think you play Tory Craig. Um,
1: I just thought you were going to say bring Jay Crowder back.
2: Well, that's what they're gonna do, or they'll try. But they—I don't know if they have the uh, the heart to do that, or to admit to admit that they made a mistake with him. Um, what?
1: Whoa, 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 whoa! What mistake did they make? It's him that's making the mistake. He's the one who wants to sit out for some unknown reason. <laughs>
2: Maybe he just doesn't feel like the offense is going through him enough. Oh my god!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't, mistake. but
0: like,
2: <laughs> yeah. Ex- Um, but in all seriousness, um, I think losing a body like that is, is obviously not the best for them, but I I think given the timing of the season, it's better now than late in the year in March and April when they can't make a roster adjustment and they won't know how he's going to come back and at what capacity. And I expect him to come back at some point in the year, probably closer to all-star break. Um, like probably around 10 weeks from now after the surgery, if everything goes well, maybe even sooner uh, depending on the extent of the injury. Um, I, I look at this as more of an opportunity for some of the other players to to get more minutes. I think Shamit will have to take a bit of a bigger role on this team with Cam Johnson out. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, they'll have to get some better play. I know Saric is back this year. He's not played all that much. Um, but I, I think just relying a little more on some other players, Damian Lee will have to pick up the slack. So you'll see it by committee um, and uh, we'll we'll see what they do. But uh, I, I think, I don't think they make any big trades right now. I think they're going to wait to see how he comes back and uh, they'll have time probably to assess before the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, I think they might just be waiting on the whole Durant situation, honestly, because I'm not really sure what else they can really do right now. I mean, they're starting Torrey Craig now, and they're already pretty thin up front, as is. Um, I mean, the Suns are just going with the same formula this year so far. Uh, defensive rebounding-wise, they're 29th in the NBA, just like they seemingly always are. They don't really turn the ball over that much, and they just have continuity. And it's it works in the regular season, obviously. Um, but again, come playoff time, it's a bit of a different story, and uh, you know, Aiden's been out for a couple games, and they just slotted Biombo right in there, and it, nothing changed at all. They just kept winning. Jock Landale has been really good for them. They probably he's probably <laughs> their best bench player. And yeah, surprising. nobody knew about him before the yeah. you know the start of the season. So another spur that's uh, you know branching out and doing good things in the NBA. Do you?
0: Oh, sorry, are you really surprised that Bismack fit in the fit in the system that well with Chris Paul running the the point? Chris Paul makes every big, every rolling big so much better, right? Gives them the ball in the perfect position, leads the leads his defenders into the into the big at their perfect area. I'm not really surprised. Bismack did the exact same thing last year. Right? That's why he got his contract.
1: I, I think it's more of a testament to Bismack, right? Because he came in halfway through the season last year in phenomenal shape, and he gave them fantastic minutes. And this year, he didn't play a lick. And then all of a sudden, he's playing 28 minutes a game, and he's protecting the paint, blocking everything in sight. And, you know, offensively, it's whatever. Chris Paul will get him some dump-off passes, but defensively, where, where he makes a difference, but... Again, like the defensive rebounding definitely worries me for this team and just their overall depth. I'm not sure if they're gonna be able to make it through the season, um, and be a top three C just based on any of those if any of the guards get injured, they're screwed. I'm
0: I'm pretty shocked that you didn't sing Chris Paul's praises more. Like I, I gave you a layup for that, and you just Yeah. You blew it like a Larry Nance in the in overtime, you know? <laughs> oh damn.
1: No, nah, I mean, Chris Paul has not been good to start the season in terms of his offense, but, you know, to run the offense through him, it's it's worked so far, despite... I'm not really sure why teams haven't adjusted yet to try to make him score more, because he's not doing it well so far this year.
0: It's a regular season, man. Most teams
1: don't care as much. They should. Seating matters. Yeah, but also look
0: at the teams that he's that they've played so far. Dallas, first game of the year. Portland beat them in overtime. Portland's beat them twice this year. Wow. The only team to beat them I think Kryptonite. right? Clippers, <laughs> Golden State, New Orleans. They've played some teams. teams. Yeah. Yeah. Houston. The Minnesota I mean, project I mean, that's I mean, failing, you know. I I think uh the the
2: impressive thing is that Monty Williams has really shown himself to be a a good coach in the NBA. It, it wasn't just um them playing well in the bubble or um And then, yeah, no, I I think it's just he's proven himself to be a good coach, and this is kind of it. Like, I think this team, a lot of people thought that their window had closed. They've missed their opportunity. But, hey, they're still showing that if they get the right matchups, if there's enough injuries on the opposing teams or some of uh, the more favorite teams, they have a chance. So, you just got to put yourself in those positions, and Monty Williams is doing that with the Suns. Fair,
0: fair, fair. All right, the second-place team – in the West, the Utah Jazz, sitting at 7-3 and three as of recording, guys. <laughs> we all had this team going under this year. Let me just put that out there first. They were supposed to tank for Victor. They got a bunch of role players through the summer. Like, literally, just a bunch of role players. I'm talking about guys like Colin Sexton, Kelly O'Linnick, Malik Beasley, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who looks like he's gained a lot of weight, boy. And... Apparently, the Finnish Larry Bird, Lori markinen who is what? Obviously, uh, most improved player of the year, but uh, as of right now, but what? The second, maybe third, fourth, fifth best offensive player thus far in 10 games. This team is flowing somehow. Uh, Shouts to Will Hardy for coaching this random group of guys together. Shouts to Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson for playing for their basketball lives, trying to get traded off of this Utah team. (laughs) I mean, Josh, as... Okay. Say I don't watch any basketball. I I, I don't pay attention to the Utah Jazz because why the hell would I do that? Why are they winning so much with a bunch of random guys?
1: I think it comes down to coaching ultimately and these guys trying to prove people wrong. This happens with some teams early in the season. I think the the benchmark usually is around 20 games where you get a good idea as to whether a team is good or not. And obviously we haven't reached that point yet. So will they get through the next 10 games and still put up the type of production they are right now? Probably not. But um, in terms of how they're doing it, it's the variance game. They're shooting a ton of threes. They've taken the third most threes in the NBA at 43 point shots per game. Uh, they're hitting a pretty high clip as well, 37%. And they're passing the ball around. Like you should be surprised, like having Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson on this team, and both those guys have bought in. Especially Colin Sexton coming off the bench, and they're passing the ball, which is odd. I was not expecting that. Um, and Jordan lastly, Clarkson they, is
0: passing the ball. How about that?
1: Yeah, it, he's starting now, and he's actually <laughs> looking pretty good in the pick and roll. It's it's odd. And Conley's averaging his. Uh, I think he's averaging the most assists he has so far. In, in his career. I know it's only 10 games in, but, um, and then in terms of the jazz, like the other thing they're doing is turning people over. So the Raptors are by far, uh, the best team in terms of turning people over at 11 steals a game. Jazz are number two right now, 9.2. So that's another thing that, um, they're doing really well as they're playing really fast and they are playing a lot of guards on the perimeter. And they're just trying to get into people's faces and try to steal the ball and, you know, play, up-tempo, shoot a lot of threes off the dribble. So, will the numbers eventually catch up with them? Probably. But, you know, it's a good story right now. But uh, once teams start to scout them, I I think that the trades are coming. You know the trades are coming. It's a nice story right now, but ultimately it's not going to lead anywhere. Uh,
2: Besides the lottery. I think this is the the time of the year where they should
0: go for, you should bet on the under for win total. Uh, Mike Conley, just to back up your point, 7.4 assists this year, right now. That is by far the top he's or the best he's ever had in his prime in the first like four or five years. He was averaging six and a half, so he's averaging a full assist on the best number he's ever had. He's also shooting the best three point percentage that he's shot in his career 41.2 percent.
2: Yeah, for me, the assist number doesn't mean jack shit. He was playing on the Memphis Grizzlies, which played probably at an exclusive extremely slow place and now he's playing on a utah jazz team in the new modern nba where they're probably getting an extra 15 to 20 possessions a game um, and uh, more teams are are playing like a higher tempo offense so um it just the assist mark doesn't impress me as much i think the main thing is like josh mentioned they're just like out hustling a lot of teams and when you go to play in utah um they're using their home court advantage well um and I I think they just have players that are are just playing hard, but I think eventually talent and uh, kind of good coaching will will catch up, or the opponents will. And I I don't think their fairy tale season will continue. But hey, they may end up pushing Sacramento Kings for that coveted ten seed. They won't.
1: The Kings suck.
0: <laughs> so, yo, De'Aaron Fox is back, Josh. You saw that pull up yesterday from the logo for the win. Woo! Darren's back, boy. Peter yeah. is uh, excited. <laughs> I love my Kings, man. I'm I'm all in this. Peter, year. just just rip your sweater and show us your Kings jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, I think I'm wearing a Raptors shirt under this, it's red and everything. Oh my god! You know, uh, represent. Yeah. All right, Josh, hit me with some stats corner, please.
1: All right, so two things for today uh one thing I already brought up, but we're going to go with uh the best and worst benches so far as of one hour ago uh so so far I mentioned that Cleveland is number one at plus two fifty overall. Can you name the other four?
2: It's just in points, right yeah like I
1: think just plus points. minus points yeah, yeah okay, yeah, plus minus wise hmm.
0: Let's go with the Boston Celtics.
1: You are correct. Boston is number four at uh, plus 161.
0: Malcolm Brogdon fitting in perfectly there. Seamless. Much better than Derek White is on that team. My God. Uh, Let's see. This is a good bench. All these teams are expected
1: playoff teams. You got uh, two from the west and one from the east left over
2: from the West eh? I'm thinking about
1: Memphis uh, Memphis is not one of them unfortunately
2: mm-hmm. no. I'm thinking uh the Denver Nuggets but their bunch is not great at all
1: <laughs> no the they are not in the top five so I don't know why you said that just completely contradicted yourself right now, <laughs> but
0: are you Kyrie or... I don't I don't know why you keep putting this influence on me guys As a person with a lot Uh, of influence in the community. (laughs) After
2: I said it, I'm like, I think it's because I associated them with having a lot of depth historically. But I'm like, their bench sucks this year. Yeah. How Uh, about the New Orleans Pelicans?
1: Surprisingly, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm.
0: It's not the matter. A couple of these teams
1: you're just never going to get. So one of these teams played today in the Eastern Conference. Toronto? No, No, definitely not them. (laughs) Chicago, plus 166. What? So, I yep. I don't know. Caruso? <laughs> no.
0: Who the hell is scoring? Yeah, I
1: mean, you got Caruso, uh, Derek Jones, E-O. and Dragic, I guess.
0: Okay, sure.
1: It's worked so far.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, one more east, one more west, yeah?
1: You got two in the west now, just two in the west. Oh, two in the west. Hmm. Again, one you're probably not going to get. They are, they should be a you know top six type of team. They made a big trade in the offseason. Mini, yeah, plus one twenty seven. Again, unexpected. It's
0: probably that's because yeah. that's when uh, Gobert and Cat are not together on the floor.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think once they go to their bench units and they move towns and Gobert um, into different lineups, I think it's sort of worked for them so far. And then the last one, I I think they're sort of expected based on the kind of talent they have coming off the bench. Phoenix? No, no.
0: No. (laughs) The
2: West.
1: They made it very far in the playoffs last year.
2: The Mavs?
1: Correct. Hmm. Plus 205. I know. With, uh, Tim Hardaway, Kleba, and Christian Wood coming off the bench.
0: It's Christian Wood more so than anybody <coughs> yeah. else. I think he's had an incredible connection with Luka already, man. And also he's like yep. one of the best ISO big men in the league.
1: He's very talented on and off the ball. And can you guess the five worst benches in the NBA so far? The Houston- Only one of these teams that has been mentioned so far is in the worst. Give me, you can mention them again if you'd like. Give me Houston. Houston is not in the bottom.
2: How about the
0: Denver Nuggets?
1: Correct. Number five, minus 178. Plus minus.
0: Yeah, DeAndre Jordan is not going to hold it down for this Nuggets team. (laughs) Uh, The Pistons?
1: Number two, minus 250.
2: And double D's. Blah. Oh, my God. Uh, Let's see. Who else is? Shout out the OKC Thunder.
1: OKC not in the bottom five. You only have one tanking team out of the last bottom three teams left. And they're in the West. Is
0: Golden State in this list? Please tell uh, me they are.
1: Golden State by far number one. Minus 375. And again, number two is is uh, Detroit at minus 250. Keep wow. in mind that
0: wow. Jordan Poole is getting Tyler Hero money for having one good year in the league. I'm just saying. They, uh, yeah, Jordan Poole, when he's not playing with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, who are, draw all the gravity, not the same kind of player. I'm just saying. Yeah. Only yeah, I believe uh,
1: Golden State has the uh, best starting five in the NBA so far by net rating. So the fact they're losing right now just shows how bad their bench has been.
2: How much money they paid
0: to pool? Uh, Way um, too much, man.
2: We we said the Houston Rockets.
0: Yeah, I tried. No dice. Okay. Nope.
2: Yeah. And what about the Los Angeles Lakers?
1: Surprisingly, not nah. the
2: ball.
0: What? Yo, Lonnie Walker has been great for them, man. Matt Ryan. You our mean our boy Austin Reeves? Ooh, what a what a Russell bench. That these guys have. Yeah, Russell Westbrook apparently. <laughs> What a strong bench the Lakers have. Uh, <laughs> give me the uh, Josh Primo-less San Antonio Spurs.
1: Yep, bottom four. Uh, minus 227. And the last and one's
2: in the West that we aren't expecting.
1: The last one is actually in the East. Uh, and they are the most blah Eastern Conference team. By Charlotte far. Hornets. <laughs> no.
2: The Washington Wizards.
1: Correct, minus two
2: forty five. That's impossible. They have Rui. I
1: I think he's actually. What did I say last time? He's the worst plus minus player in the NBA so far, besides no. Wiseman.
0: Now, as of uh, as of like two or three days ago, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Raj, but you had to say
1: Raj.
2: He's working on his offensive game for
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> I like the commitment, man. You don't leave his island, ever. You bought in, hey, you, you know what? set up a condo there, you just chill.
2: I, I I think it's too small of a sample size to start criticizing his game, and you know what? Three Why years? Hey, he's had one year of mental health. You gotta let the man breathe, man. You you praise Kawhi, and this guy took a year off for fun.
1: Kawhi won a championship. Kawhi won multiple championships. MVP- are talking finals about? MVP's. Zep.
2: Not before he won one sing he won singular before and still Ruby's finals MVP. Path. Don't worry,
0: you get a finals MVP. 20- you're pretty much exempt from <laughs> all criticism. I'm sorry. Do you, you, you think Rudy's 25- ever gonna make the playoffs? I think so.
1: <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs>
0: I mean, wasn't he there that year that Russell Westbrook dragged them to the playoffs?
1: Was he? I think he was. I think that year. was his rookie year. See, the fact they don't remember this just shows how bad he is. Come oh, on, he's man. nice, man. No, man, who's your potential?
0: Not like star potential, but potential to be a, a journeyman in the league. He could be like a like mid tier Rudy Gay, you know. Mid tier Rudy Gay. That's like
1: that sounds mid-tier. like a terrible player. Yeah, <laughs> not Rudy Gay.
0: just not young Rudy Gay. Young Rudy Gay was nice. Remember Rudy yeah. Gay from like that was early Memphis teams. Ooh, Rudy Gay, the one on one player. And then Rudy Gay in Toronto who always matched up against LeBron well. Rudy was nice. Modern Rudy Gay not so not so powerful.
1: Just also another very fat player on the Utah Jazz. Yes, quite fat. Not great. What do they have out there to eat?
2: <laughs> I think it's more they what do they have out there to do?
1: Yeah, I guess so. That's a good point. Yeah, actually <laughs> um
0: I remember I think it was Rajabell like on one of those podcasts. He was talking about how in Utah there's nothing to to do after like 10 o'clock at the, when he was there. And then on top of that, all the restaurants were closed too. So these got like all you had available was like fast food for you at 10 o'clock. Granted, this is like, you know, early 2000s or like mid 2000s, but rough. It makes sense why Gay and THT put on that weight. Yo, yeah, shout Chick fil A.
1: It looks like <laughs> THT ate Whiteside. Because like, where, where's Hassan Whiteside nowadays? We haven't heard from him. Yeah, he's probably in Europe somewhere.
0: Just like us. We're gone here, guys. Good good stats corner, Josh. I like those ones. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Raj, leave me those positive comments. Josh, only five-star reviews. You know that. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace.